Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Yeah, yeah. Happy, happy hour on a fucked week, yeah. right? Oh, I mean, I mean, wearing my Biden-Harris shirt because thank you, Mr. President. And we have Kelly Carlin and Olivia Troy. We brought in the big guns for a, a big week. Olivia Troy, who was in the Trump administration, yes. fancy schmancy national security something, blah, blah, blah. Mike <laughs> Pence advisor, Flaminar. But she was able to talk about the twin disasters that Trump left us with COVID mm-hmm. and this Afghanistan deal with only the Taliban. Yep, yes. So thank God to her for speaking out. Uh, we've had short like we've had short term memory loss about how we got in this mess in Afghanistan and uh, the visa program, mm-hmm. which Trump fucked on purpose, yep. along with Stephen yep. uh, Miller. This is why we've had the tragedy we've had this week in Afghanistan and the backlog of people trying to get out because they made it as difficult as possible yeah. for us to uh, and, take Afga- Afghan refugees. And she was so bothered by what went on in the Trump administration. She's no longer a Republican. No. Thank God, yes. Yeah. We were bonding willy-nilly yeah. over former Republican families. <laughs> All right. And Kelly Carlin, yes. right, was, is just always fantastic. Mm-hmm. We said, like, she's, she's always so gracious about, what would your dad, George Carlin, think of? Fill in the blank. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to know what Kelly Carlin thinks because she is equally smart and funny. Yep. And she was saying all these fucking anti-vaxxers that keep using that, you know, the him talking about your own immunity and we swam in the East River. That's why we didn't need vaccine, you know. And she said, I got to tell you, he'd be the first in line for yes. a vaccine. He was because he was a man of science. Yes. Yes. He would have been the first in line yeah. for a vaccine. It's it's uh, OK. Anyway, so these were a perfect. And also it's all girls because boys are dumb. And largely got us into all the shit we're in this week. That's why you need to throw rocks at us. That's my point. Yeah. So it's all estrogen happy hour. (laughs) Kelly Carlin and Olivia Troy. Enjoy, won't you? Oh, my God. I'm with Dylan on Twitter. He said, letting Donald Trump get away with treason insurrection will not unite the country. It only weakens the country and emboldens domestic terrorists that side with uh, traitor Donald Trump. Lock him up. Who's with me? Me, 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 me. He also says there shouldn't be a Trump rally because Donald Trump should be in prison. Only in America can a white criminal commit domestic terrorism at our U.S. Capitol and continue holding rallies. Thank you. Also, Jason tweets, imagine hearing vaccine and thinking hell no, but hearing horse do warmer and thinking hell yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to guess a lot of people think, what would George Carlin say about that? (laughs) 
never get tired of that, do you, Kelly Carlin? You. Oh, yeah, no, it's my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Carlin is a fantastic writer and uh, just a talker and every other kind of human carbon-based life form that there could be. But I, you know what? I get the same thing. My dad's been gone since 83. People are like, what would he and Goldwater think? And I can say based on what I knew of him as a man and as my dad, but you're right. It's like, it's hard. Although you on Twitter, somebody tweeted, uh, uh, George Carlin on immune systems and media fear-mongering. Uh, what do you think you have an immune system for? It's for killing germs, but it needs germs to practice. Where are you gonna, what are you going to do when a super virus comes along? Quoting your dad. And you said, I hate to tell you, buddy, he'd have been the first in line for a vaccine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. He, yeah, he had serious heart disease. And he always said, I mean, like, he used every bit of Western medicine to keep him alive for third for three decades, you know. Right. So it's not like he'd be like, yeah, let's go risk and go outside and get the get the virus. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just he was a man of science. And uh, and yeah, of course, he would have questioned uh, all sorts of things. But just because you can hear my dad saying it. Yeah. doesn't mean he probably would have said it. Right. Yeah. Well, I remember that routine when when this, the, the guy mentioned it. I was like, yeah, the, you know, we, we you know, we swam in the East River. That's why we had an immune system. Why? Because we swam in the East River. I mean, I get yeah. what he was and, saying. And but, it, but, but again, he would have understood that this is a highly infectious airborne virus. It, this is, And he got the... He got the polio vaccine right. as a kid, too. Yeah. Like, also, like, right. he swam in the East River and got the polio vaccine <laughs> available. Yes. You can do both, people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, You, by the way, speaking of politics, you tweeted, who the hell are you voting for in case Newsom's recalled? Angeline? I mean, it is so ridiculous, this system, that a, right, it, that a right-wing wacko radio talk show host could accidentally be governor of the state of the fifth largest economy in the world. Right? Oh, I don't know. It's not that crazy. We had Donald Trump as president yeah. for four years. Mm-hmm. We had Arnold I Schwarzenegger. A- I know. I know. Yeah. And Arnold actually ended up being a decent governor. I mean, you know, he's like kind of a he basically he's a decent human to start with. So mm-hmm. that helps. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's kind of like a part of the script right now, I guess. It's like any anybody with, you know, who can say the word liberty out loud a bunch of times yeah. uh, gets people excited on the other side. I may part company with you on Schwarzenegger being a great governor. However, he, he is sane. He's been, you know, talking about getting vaccinated a lot. I mean, he's a sane yeah. person, at least. And he, he's not really, you're right, like a traditional right-wing whack Republican. Larry Elder is. He's oh, yeah. the rightest wing whack you can get. Yeah, he's 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 totally uh, in his own little world. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, seems to feed people these days is be in your own little bubble and give people and let you know say what people want to hear and uh and then you get to be president or governor who knows yeah. i mean it's it's terrifying it's like i feel like we do live in some sort of autocratic east european strange country right now i feel like for all the people who go what would your dad think your dad might be like going oh jesus I'm glad I'm out of this. I can't even write this anymore. (laughs) It's like so beyond idiocracy. I mean, I don't even know what he would say about people eating horse paste to to try to cure COVID. I mean, it's the FDA had to tweet people. You're not a horse or a cow. Stop it. Seriously. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he did talk about how um, think how stupid the average person is and then realize that half the population is stupider than more stupid than that. So You know, I mean, it, it it really is. I mean, he always saw the majority of people as non-thinkers and just followers. 
And and of course, you know, what's funny about it is people who were in this kind of liberty, uh, First Amendment, you know, no PC speech kind of uh, place uh, think that just because he spoke out against the system that he yeah. would be in a line with them. But they don't understand that he was speaking out against the very people who are luring them by the nose, like Donald Trump. I mean, my dad hated, hated Donald Trump. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I the mean, be- I mean like- the best comment on Twitter is they're calling people that are vaccinated sheep and they're literally taking medicine that's meant for sheep. Yes. <laughs> to try to cure COVID. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I don't know if you it, saw the rally. Trump said to get vaccinated and he, he was booed. So I know. He, he's lost control of his own monsters. The monsters has lost control of the other monsters yeah. that he created. It, it's a it's a brainwashed cult and social media has done it for us and i really would love to see the internet just burn down i think it would be the best <laughs> thing for the planet we could all go back to just actually calling people on the phone mm-hmm. or writing them a nice note or uh you know or running into them at the supermarket uh i'm i'm done i'm done with social media it's i mean i'm on twitter but right, right. it's it's like i just don't see the promise of it anymore i just see it as a tool for really stupid people to get even stupider yeah yeah i mean it's i I, now i can see why you're mostly distracted by steve zahn's balls on the white lotus because (laughs) i that's what i need i need to at some point turn off the tv watch a rom-com watch something else and yes i was also impressed by his his balls very i'm guessing they're they were a stand-in or a sit-in or whatever yeah i would hope i don't know maybe not maybe he's a guy who believes in like that kind of method acting where it's going to be my balls no one else's (laughs) yes you know I mean, I this lady in a video posted to Twitter, a rally or rally goer waiting in line to see Trump in Alabama said she was looking forward to him declaring to the world that he is still president. She blurted, uh, he's already here. He never left. He is the 19th president of the Republic. I want him to address when he's going to come forth and say, I am. So everyone will wake up and we can get this country back. The Constitutional Republic of 1776. And it will happen soon because God is, is in this and God wins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she might as well have drank uh, actual uh, some sort of, I don't know, drug. It, it is a drug. I mean, right. it, it's 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 insane and it's a form of delusion. And I remember early on in my bachelor's studying sociology and studying all of these death cults. Yeah. And this, you know, learning this thing about cognitive dissonance, how difficult it is for people to learn about information that is opposite to their beliefs. And these people are not able to do that at this yeah. point. I don't know if they ever will, uh, well, but they believe that, you know, that the death cult is real and that they will, uh, the, the, you know, their true Messiah will step forward. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's literally insane. Yeah, I mean, seriously, that part of it, right? The, the, you know, everything your dad and you have talked about religion, about I, John Pavlovitz tweeted, Dear Christians, you know all those signs from me you're always looking for to help you? The vaccine is one of those. God. Signed God. Right. <laughs> it's like that they don't get that God created science and scientists who created the vaccine. It's just, it, it's, you're right. There is some weird disconnect because that's one of the biggest chunks of people not getting vaccinated. Yeah. I mean, if you think about our own ability to delude ourselves in our own personal lives and be in denial, you know, there's always a dance with that right. in our lives and our psyches. This is just, a, you know, a, a collective delusion it it is it is a collective delusion and what's scary about it is because there's social media it feeds on itself it is a virus it is it is a virus we are feeding each other a virus and 
the best thing we could do actually is to actually not talk about Donald Trump anymore in some yeah. ways because you you the the malignant narcissist loves being talked about and so we're just feeding the fire by you know making him still relevant in some ways well interestingly too this whole QAnon movement Republican QAnon thing you know that obviously all the well-known liberals are pedophiles I I don't know if, well we saw we talked about Sturgis motorcycle rally mm-hmm. It spread it's a super spreader event of course cases are up 230 yeah. percent because no one was vaccinated or wearing a mask um this just in breaking doj announces nine men were arrested for child sex trafficking oh, during God. the 2021 sturgis motorcycle rally as part of a successful sting operation i mean yeah you're between that matt gates like all of these every other day you're like oh it's projection again <laughs> like you know yes. there is a ring of pedophiles but it's you not liberals yeah right uh, I would just, I, you know, whenever uh, the former president would say something and accuse someone of something, I would just go, oh, well, just add that to the list of things he's done, uh, because it is. It yeah. is projection, and their own psyches cannot handle or take responsibility for their own beliefs and worldviews or actions, and so they project them out onto each other. I mean, it's 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 kind of psychology 101, and we're watching it on this huge collective level. And I think that's what's so terrifying about it is we see the power of our own denial and our own delusion in our own minds. And we're just watching it play out with people in power or people who vote. It's it's just, right. it's, you know, my dad would say something. This is the, People always ask me, what would your dad say? Yeah. Yeah. I always say, yes. do you, I always say do you just say, Oh, okay. Hang on. Let me think yes. about that. <laughs> and, and then I say, he, I say, he said this, when you're born, you're born with a ticket to the freak show. When you're born yeah. in America, yeah. you're born with a front row seat. And that's all I kept saying about the last presidential election and the whole term and everything, because yeah. that's what this is. It is the freak show. And um, it's, freak show on steroids yeah it's insane let's have a comedy legend child pop quiz do you think more people have said to you what would your dad george carlin think about fill in the blank than have said to jody hamilton remember that one time your mom wore a curtain rod in the (laughs) gone with the wind sketch no i think jody's gonna win that one okay all right <laughs> and have you ever, Jody, just to, with people said, no, I do not I remember, don't remember that. I remember that. Could you refresh my memory? <laughs> I Well, you know what? Since we're talking about the recall and Larry Elder, yes. who we worked with when we were back at KBC. Yes. Chris, let's reenact. Let's reenact. Do we have some nostalgia music? The night uh, my executive producer came in mm-hmm. and said, George Carlin is booked on the show. Yes. I don't remember if you... She said that his publicist said that George Carlin said, oh, Stephanie Miller, I'll come on that show. She's funny. Yes. How many times did I make our producer repeat that entire thing over and over? Are you still having her do that? (laughs) Chris, do it now. He also corrected your pronunciation of posthumous. (laughs) I remember that. Which he's probably doing now posthumously. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Kelly Carlin, you are the greatest. We got to do this more often. Yes. I just ran into you at a party and I was like, oh my God, you're so smart I, and funny and I miss your point of view on stuff. I, I Here's the thing. I think what would Kelly Carlin think of, or yeah, say about know. this? Oh, That's what I you, think. Steph. Yes. So um, listen, we, have, we all have, you know, famous 
parents that people go, what would so-and-so would be like, what about what I think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you tell them, Steph. You got your own show, so you're telling them all day long. <laughs> We're bonded with that. Love you, Kelly Carlin. Come back anytime, Love you honey. you, too. All right. Thank you. Mwah. You know, even though Trump is gone, I find myself, I have what the fuck eyes still. Do you know what I mean, Sean? Just what the fuck did Trump do now? He's got terrorism overseas, terrorism here. Okay. I need my uh, my Genucel. I'm just telling you. It's because apparently he will never go away. Bags, puffiness under the eyes, a problem for millions of American men and women. Until now, introducing, do-do-do-do, yay! The new Genucel serum with plant stem cell technology from Chamonix. I'm telling you, this stuff, I have tried everything. It is. It has instant effects. You'll see results in the first first 12 hours or your money back. It feels all cold. Oh, my God. You could feel it working. And I'm telling you, guaranteed, right? Or your money back. Order now. Check this out. You get 50% off all Genucel packages for summer. Do it with mama. Go to lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. That's love, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Stephanie. Lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. Now back to happy hour. Um, hmm. Oh, so timely. Mm-hmm. As is this piece in the New York Times, a Homeland Security advisor to former President Mike Pence accused the Trump administration of distorting the truth about Afghan refugees, writing on Twitter that the former president and Stephen Miller, his top immigration advisor, sought to prevent the refugees from entering the United States. Olivia Troy recalled sitting in meetings where Mr. Miller demanded restrictions on refugees, including those from Afghanistan and Iraq. She said the reductions in the refugee program during the Trump years uh, hollowed out the government's ability to bring the interpreters and others to the United States. Now, now we are in this crisis and they're saying Trump would have evacuated them, as Troy said, but he didn't do it in four years. You don't get to play revisionist uh, history here. There are people who know what the situation is, including my very best friend from the Bush administration. <laughs> oh, Steffi, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Oh, Steffi. Oh, oh. yeah. Steffi. Okay. Oh, Steffi, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Oh, Steffi. Okay, Olivia Troy, good morning. I, it's not a lot of competition, but you are my best friend that worked in the Bush administration. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we wanted to talk to you about COVID last week, and then all of this obviously became newly relevant with Afghanistan. It must drive you crazy to watch this revisionist history, right? I mean, Nikki Haley and Pompeo and God knows who else talking, criticizing Biden, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's angering, <laughs> whether it's COVID or whether it's Afghanistan, this happens. It's kind of how it goes with many of these people. And yeah, it, you know, to have Pompeo out there criticizing, says the guy who cut this deal to begin with, and there's a pictures to prove it, and who got us, uh, who played a role in getting us to where we are today. So, Olivia, this morning's news is the Taliban is saying they will no longer allow Afghans to go to the Kabul airport for evacuation. But explain to people who don't understand this visa program what the Trump administration, Stephen Miller and others did from because a lot of people don't understand what that is. But they obviously this is exactly what they intended, isn't it? Yes, in this program, I mean, the SIVs and also, you know, I, I talk about the P2 pipeline and the refugee pipeline because that affects Iraqis too, who also were on the ground serving with us. Um, this is a program specifically for people who really were on the ground, stood by us as U.S. allies who were our lifelines. For those of us who have been overseas, who've been to Iraq and Afghanistan, um, who you know, are either translators, interpreters, um, many in many cases, I mean, they really... There are many situations that you hear of where they've saved someone's life. Yeah. 
um, by by leading around, and they they risk their own lives, right? And they're put in grave danger because once you're working with the United States, I mean, the Taliban, especially in this situation, I see them as as traitors yeah. to them, right? And so it is, I think, incumbent upon us to protect this population. And uh, these were the discussions actually that happened um, during the Trump administration, whether it was in working groups at a senior staff level talking about the refugee process and SIVs and P2s or, or in cabinet level meetings where we would talk about the refugee ceiling. And you know, it's, it's known, it's widely known that during the Trump administration, that was the lowest number uh, cap of a refugee cap set in the history of the program yeah. took place under the Trump administration. I and love Stephen Miller was a big proponent of that. Yeah, I love when they try to say, oh, she doesn't know, she wasn't there. And then like, oh, there's a picture. There's Olivia right next to Mike Pence in that yeah. meeting. Okay, um, <laughs> you, you yeah. tweet it. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, there it is. You said uh, there were cabinet meetings about this during the Trump administration where Stephen Mill would peddle his racist hysteria about Iraq and Afghanistan. He and his enablers across government would undermine anyone who worked on solving the SIV issue by devastating the system at DHS and state. You said, I tracked this issue personally in my role during my White House tenure. Pence was fully aware of the problem. We got nowhere on it because Trump and Stephen Miller had watchdogs in place at DOJ, DHS, state and security agencies that made an already cumbersome SIV project uh, process even more challenging. Um, you know, I have to say, Biden appears to be kind of doing miracles given all of this, given the deal that, that Trump made with the Taliban and this whole process that you talk about. The fact that we are, I, I don't even know, where are we at, Jody? Do we know the last number? I know just in the last 20 uh, around 50, hours. 000, around yeah. 50,000 yeah. since this I mean, uh, 58,700 was the number this Wow, morning. Olivia, nearly 60,000 people we've evacuated already. I mean, and... and yeah. So what, what's your take on where we are now in the media coverage of all this? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, there's no doubt that there is so much uh, legacy from the Trump administration that has impacted this moment. Right? And so Biden comes into office, he has dealt a really bad hand. And um, especially when it comes to these SIVs, when they discover that the program has basically been gutted, right, that we're not under-resourced and no one's really being processed and they hadn't been processed. And really four years into the Trump administration, they were targeted. Um, and so, you know, watching what's happening, I have to say, I mean, it's heroic efforts on behalf of the military and everyone come together to evacuate thousands of people in this manner. And I think, you know, yes, it's been hard to watch the events unfold in Afghanistan. It's been heartbreaking and devastating to watch the ways um, withdrawal had sort of developed, um, but we knew it was going to be hard. Yeah. We always knew it would be hard. And we knew that the potential for chaos was was likely to be the case. Um, but I have to say, I think that we history will likely judge Biden on how that chaos now that we're in it, yeah. what happened in the chaos and how he managed it. And it's pretty incredible to say that thousands of people have been evacuated in a matter of a week. And so I think, you know, we got to give credit where credit is due. Yeah. And I am grateful it, for... And how this thing came together. And these twin issues, Olivia, you being on the COVID task force as well it, it, during the Trump administration to watch these twin disasters of the Trump administration and how Biden has handled, you know, the not just vaccination rate, but, but you know, then also what ha what is happening right now in Afghanistan. I mean, it is amazing, right? It's the through line. Trump wants all the credit and none of the blame, even though he's really been a disaster on pretty much every, all both of these issues, right? 
Yeah, you're seeing what's happening with COVID still today, right? The legacy of the way he kicked off that pandemic, the divisiveness that he created on it. And honestly, the way he pushed the governors in a lot of these Republican states, those governors still have the legacy of death, mm-hmm. I would say, complicitness yeah. on the deaths of their residents on their hands. I, I cannot tell you how upsetting um, and infuriating it was to see that Florida, I believe, that had the highest number of deaths since yeah. the COVID pandemic began. That, yeah. I think that statistic surfaced yesterday. With a vaccine. That was yeah. so upsetting um, yeah. to see because it, it should not be this way. And we have tools to help us counter this pandemic. Now we have a vaccine. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so upsetting. Did you say, see, what, what did you um, feel the moment? In this way. Yeah, what did you feel the moment you saw that Trump saying, take the vaccine and getting booed by his own crowd? I mean, it's just the the irony. Yeah. Mm -hmm. His monster. He can't control his own monsters now. Right. You know, the GOP can't control Trump. What's that? It's too far down the road. Yeah. I mean, he is. This is this is what the movement he has created. Yeah. And I I have to say it was ironic to watch that kind of come back in his face. And I watched that and I was like, well, these are your people. You led them down this path. Um, you know, and, and Trump flip-flops, you know, the second he saw that it was not, it was an inconvenient yeah. narrative to be pushing, yeah. kind of backpedals on it. And he's like, oh, well, personal freedom, yeah. it's your choice or whatever. While holding a super spreader event with maskless oh people, my while f- ICUs are fully full yeah. in that. He folded like the giant pussy that he is, just like with the Taliban, right? Just He just, you know, he surrendered to the Taliban. He's just such a coward, Olivia. Sorry, I'm interjecting my own, <laughs> but I have to. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, it was a slap in the face to Afghans, the Afghan security forces and to the Afghan government the second that they started going the route of cutting the deal with the Taliban. That, yeah. that is really, as a national security person, that's kind of how how I've seen it, because I don't know how you, what message are you sending to them by undermining completely everything that we've been doing for the past 20 years by having, by doing that. Yeah. And so here we are, and yeah. now we're kind of trying to figure out how we navigate it. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Well, you must be heartened by the polling showing like 81% of Americans think we should help the Afghans, you know, the, you know, and welcome them here. Um, you know, uh, who is it? Um, somebody, was, 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 where was this? Oh, the uh, groups wrote, uh, Vets group wrote, failing to meet our obligations to these Afghans would not only be a national security risk, it would also condemn veterans and survivors of the conflict in Afghanistan to a lifetime of moral injury. And you said absolutely, those in the GOP and right-wing pundits who are out there making anti-refugee remarks and statements against aiding our Afghan allies need to hear these veterans organizations loud and clear as well. Um, boy, they love the vets until they don't, right? Yeah. <laughs> until they don't want to hear what they have to say. Yeah. yeah. Just like they, you know, they back the blue until it's no longer convenient. And you have, you know, our U.S. Capitol Police telling the truth about what they witnessed on January 6th. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you you support the groups until you turn their back on them because it's yeah. no longer convenient with your narrative. 
yeah. and your fundraising as well. Well, looking inside when you were there again, you tweeted the system wouldn't budge regardless of how much this was argued about in National Security Council meetings. The Pentagon weighed in and said we needed to get these allies through the process. Madison and others sent memos. We all knew the urgency. The resources, though, had been depleted. The fear of people across the Trump administration to counter these enablers was palpable. There were numerous behind-closed-door meetings and uh, held strategizing how to navigate this issue. You say the Trump administration had four years while putting this plan in place to evacuate these Afghan allies who were in the life uh, lifelines for many of us who spent time in Afghanistan. They've been waiting a long time. The process slowed to a trickle uh, for reviews and or other priorities, then came to a halt. As the, the, he just said this morning, the soundbite we just played, Olivia, exactly what you've been saying, right? And you said to people like uh, J.D. Vance and others who are making blanket statements, pushing narratives of convenience on Afghanistan, especially on SIV and allies issue, please stop. Your comments are uninformed and also hurtful. We see right through you. I mean... Do they not think people like you were, you were there, you were just there, right? You know, thank God for people like you speaking out, going, I was just there. This is how this happened. No, I lived it. And like, there would be meetings uh, where you knew who the Stephen Miller allies were that would show up to the meetings and make their comments about what do we want a bunch of terrorists running around um, our country. And that's just so baseless, especially for someone like me who comes from the national security world, who knows the stats on this, who knows that um, these people are vetted. And and by the way, I just, I, every time I would hear that narrative, I would be like, you know, these people put their lives at risk on the ground in country with us. These are not, they're, they're screened and they're vetted. These are not terrorists and they're not coming here. These people feel like at the end, if you talk to military people, if you talk to intel officers at GEOs Media, these people become like family to you yeah. because yeah. you really get to know them. And um, it was hurtful to hear kind of these comments made in meetings. And there were certainly those of us who, honestly, we would have uh, closed door conversations and preparate and, and strategize on how we were going to counter these forces in an upcoming meeting when their major decision was going to be made. Yeah. Um, and like, I certainly saw this. I saw it in a cabinet meeting where I had someone come in. I was supposed to deliver the vice president's position. Uh, I went there and then a person who outranked me delivered the opposite talking points that the vice president directly told me to deliver during that meeting. Wow. And uh, I can't tell you how angry that was when yeah. I walked out of that room. Yeah. Olivia, were you raised Republican like I was as I talked to you in the shadow of the Goldwater Miller <laughs> poster? <laughs> I was, for the most part. I mean, yeah. I come from a, you know, a uh, conservative family um i'm i'm mexican-american my mom is very very catholic um and you know i'm, I'm actually part jewish as well so i guess 12 I, years I'm hard time representative yeah, yeah. catholic school <laughs> i gotcha well no i just but you know it's interesting because I, I i sort of i look at you know the the sort of what's become of i guess your party or the, you know my dad's party whoever i i even george bush who I think is a war criminal. We'll talk about that later. But anyway, <laughs> got us into Afghanistan. Let's not talk about it. But my point is, like, you know, when he talked about compassionate conservatives and he was for immigration reform, I mean, even then, it was not this level of crazy we're in. We're, you, you've seen right-wingers literally cheering for the Talis- Taliban. Mm-hmm. Like, some of these right-wing Republicans, anything to try to, you know, bash Joe Biden, they're rooting for the enemy. I mean, this fight against COVID, we're fighting them. <laughs> the, the, the enemy's within. I mean, it's, it's, isn't that sort of a sad state of the Republican Party? The, 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 you know, we're, yeah. F- yeah, we're fighting COVID and them on the home front, and they're rooting for the Taliban, it appears, overseas. Yeah, it's, it's pure insanity. Um, it's, and I just don't know 
you know, the GOP that I that I knew back in the day is dead right yeah. now. I don't see any really similar. I mean, there's few and far between people that still stand for it. And I, I think it's so fascinating right now to watch the divide surfacing within the Republican Party, especially on the Afghan refugees and the SIVs issue, right? You have some people saying we've got to their U.S. allies get them over here. And then you have there's a split. And it's very fascinating to watch where this narrative is going to go now. Um, yeah. But I certainly I don't identify with any of what is happening in the party. And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a moderate conservative, um, but I don't really, I can't, I can't call myself a Republican anymore when I am um, sick to my stomach at what, who these people are and what they've become over the past few years. Thank God. Such good news for our friendship. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But you, you know, you addressed Greg Abbott on Twitter. You said you've continuously challenged leaders across Texas, making it harder for communities to fight this COVID pandemic. You caved to Trump, pandered to his base still today. I wish you a speedy recovery from COVID, Mm -hmm. uh, but even more so, I wish you would change of moral compass and conscience. And I just, I hear it in your voice. I don't, I don't feel hope for this version of the Republican party. Do you? No, and I am, yeah, I'm extremely angry with Abbott. You know, I grew up in Texas. Um, I have seen firsthand what he's done to state and local leaders uh, that are trying to manage um, how to protect their local populations and school children. I mean, I I just, I cannot wrap my head around the fact that you are purposely going out of your way to make it incredibly challenging for people to fight this pandemic just because it's, you know, a platform and you're doubling down on something that you started doing under Trump and you're so scared of this base that you will go along with the narrative that that puts your people at risk that kills people. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's appalling. Yeah. It's, it's shameless and it, it's irresponsible as well. Somebody said that, that people just, we just want people not to die of COVID and to be able to vote. And Republic, to Republicans, that's a radical idea. <laughs> For some reason, those are, you know, radical ideas. But it, it's, uh, yeah, it is a sad state. But we, we're always so grateful when you take time to talk to us. Thanks so much, Olivia. And we, I'm going to hey, upgrade you to just my best uh, former Republican friend in general. <laughs> it's going to inch closer to a, a bipartisan love. Okay. Thanks, Olivia. <laughs> See you next time. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.